Once you live in the 716, Buffalo sports is ingrained in your soul. No matter where you are, we always remember the roots that helped us grow. Don't let where you live or the people around you stop you from showing your Buffalo pride. Join us Buffalonians as we talk all things sports in the 716 on the Buffalo Loyal Podcast. Circles the way, like the Buffalo Bills. I'm your host, Nick English, alongside my co-host, Andrew Ogwich. No matter where we are, no matter the heartbreak, we will always remain Buffalo loyal. This is the Buffalo Loyal Podcast. Appreciate everyone for tuning in each and every week. Coming to you live on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, NFL Draft is officially over. So we have a bunch of new Buffalo Bills to discuss. A um, lot of things to break down. Um, a couple surprising picks, maybe some positions that a lot of people um, didn't think we were going to take. Um, based on how the board went in the first round, I think people were a little upset um, that Brandon Bean didn't do a little more. Um, so we're going to go through all that. And at the end of the show, we'll um, do a quick little talk about the Bandits. Um, but first and foremost, Andrew, uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Nick. We're uh, we got a little taste of uh, some Bills football. We're we're getting close, uh, you know, closer to the season. I know the schedule is being announced here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're putting together the roster, so I'm getting excited. We're uh, we're uh, getting a little bit a little bit closer to some Bills football each and every day. Absolutely, turkey burger season is almost upon us at St. John Fisher Camp. Um, so let's quickly just kind of break down who the Bills drafted, and then we're going to kind of go through each pick one by one. So, um, in the first round, the Bills actually ended up trading up two picks, um, to select the University of Utah tight end Dalton Kincaid. Um, they also gave up a fourth round pick in doing so. Uh, second round pick, they ended up taking Osiris Torrance, the guard from Florida. Um, third round, they ended up going with Dorian Williams, the linebacker from Tulane. As I mentioned before, they traded their fourth round picks. They didn't have any. Then Brandon Bean decided to work the phones, traded a lot of their uh, fifth and sixth round picks and kind of moved around. They ended up taking Justin Shorter, um, the wide receiver from Florida um, in the fifth round. They ended up not having a sixth round pick. Um, and then they ended up getting two seventh rounders, which they took. Uh, Nick Broker, the guard from Mississippi, and Alex Austin uh, from Oregon State, who is a cornerback, so that'll surely make Jordan Poyer happy. Uh, Bean definitely added on a lot of picks for next year's draft while also keeping in um, line the consultory pick for Tremaine Edmonds, so Bills will have an additional third-rounder next year as well, bringing their draft picks up to, I believe, 10 for next year. So uh, definitely a lot of draft capital for next year. Um so let's just start with the number one pick and selection. It was, uh, I think it definitely had Bill's Twitter kind of fuming. Um, I don't necessarily think it was because of the actual player. Um, I think a lot of people are actually really excited about the idea of Dalton Kincaid. And if you watch this guy on tape, he's just a specimen. I mean, if you haven't watched what he did, against USC, I suggest you go and look up the YouTube highlights of that game where he had 16 catches for over 200 yards and he couldn't be stopped. Um, 
but I think a lot of fans were definitely not thrilled with the fact that we keep seeing the wide receivers fall and fall. You get all the way to 20 um, before Jackson Smith and Jigba gets picked by the Seattle Seahawks, you know, only seven picks above where the bills were at. And then there's obviously the four picks in a row of wide receivers. Zay flowers goes to the Baltimore Ravens, another pick, you know, another weapon for Lamar. Quentin Johnson goes to the chargers. Um, and then Addison goes to the Minnesota Vikings. So a lot of teams in front of them get better. You see Buffalo jump up. You're kind of wondering, what are they going to do? They end up going the tight end route. Um, and I think the other reason for skepticism on this pick is we've seen since Brayden Bean's gotten here, bringing in the Tyler Crofts, the OJ Howards of the world that have not panned out. Um, and when they have ran 12 personnel in the past, it really hasn't gone great. They've ranked like 29th and 30th, I believe, um, as far as 12 personnel tight end receiving production. And then they were in the bottom half as far as Josh Allen's targets in tight ends. Um, so I think people are a little questioning how it's going to go down, especially when it seemed like we were talking a lot about Dawson Knox not being utilized. Um, so there's a lot of pressure on Ken Dorsey, but at the same time, I don't think you can deny um, the sheer talent of this prospect. And if they're using him like they seem like Brandon's kind of talked about, think of him as Cole Beasley, but you know, way bigger. It seems like he's going to line up a lot in the slot like he did in college, which I think will be very beneficial. Um, but Andrew, what's kind of your overall feel? Um, I know myself at first I was a little upset they didn't trade for a wide receiver, but um, once I had the night to sleep on it, watched a little more of his highlights and whatnot. Granted, you don't know what's going to happen until they actually put the pads on. But um, the idea of him in the slot um, definitely is an intriguing option, especially if he does hit his ceiling of being that Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews type tight end slash receiver. Yeah, and I think where a lot of the um, disappointment or frustration comes from right with Dalton Kincaid is you're sitting there watching the draft. You think the Bills are put in a great position to draft one of these top receivers. The board's falling your way, right? Teams are not picking them. They're still sitting there. You you think you're sitting pretty. Um, and then just out of nowhere, right? All four of them fall. The dominoes fall one after another. And you just, you're shell-shocked. I, I know I certainly was. Um, Nick, I know you were too, um, right? As, as you watch that draft Thursday night. You just weren't expecting it. Uh, and then you hear Dalton Kincaid, right, who's a name that I don't think many Bills fans were familiar with, didn't really hear much about him. You didn't hear much about the team linked to him at all. And it just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, but, right, to your point, Nick, you do more research into him. You watch some of his highlights. You hear some of the, the experts in, in, in you know football analysis um, on him. And I, I think he can be a really great fit for this offense. I think he can be one of those kind of Swiss army knife options for Josh, which is right. That's something we need. Um, right. I don't want to say he is Cole Beasley, um, right. The kind of Cole Beasley replacement because um, no one can really replace Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley is who Cole Beasley is, right? Like he is his own type of person, but I think Dalton Kincaid can be kind of that outlet for Josh, um, right? His safety valve and can do a bunch of different things in this offense. However, though, I think them picking Dalton Kincaid, a tight end 
who is most likely going to be play, who's most likely going to play uh, in a role that's going to, you know, require more kind of 12 personnel, two tight ends, one running back. It's going to force Ken Dorsey to be a little more creative, to be um, a bit different in his offense and his play calling than he was last year. It's really going to put the onus on, hey, you have to get this offense right. You have to um, stay creative. Don't get stale. Don't get complacent with what you have. Uh, and use the tools, use the weapons, use the personnel that you have on the roster to the best of your ability and find their strengths. You can't get, uh, like I said, boring and stale with the offense the way it did towards the end of last season. So uh, I think this pick really kind of puts the onus on Ken Dorsey to, like I said, get it right. He's got to figure out how to use all of these tools and and, and put together a fun offense, a high-scoring offense um, for this team. So I like it, um, right? I'm, I'm happy with any other weapon for Josh, um, anything to help the offense. It looks like, right, like this draft really was kind of centered around the offense and, and helping Josh and, and the squad kind of take that next step and, and continue to develop and, and gear up for a Super Bowl run. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's the big thing we wanted to get out of this draft was adding a weapon for Josh Allen and protecting him more. And that's exactly what they ended up doing. Um, they did that with their second round pick, which was my personal favorite pick of all the Bills yep. draft picks in this class. I'm getting Osiris Torrance. This is a guy who was amongst a lot of first round projections he ended up falling into the second round for us he you know was very dominant um as a guard he's very good at protecting the quarterback he only gave up two sacks um his whole entire time at florida granted when you're playing with a guy like anthony richardson maybe it's a little bit um easier to not give up as many especially also being a guard position but nonetheless he's going to be a guy that's going to come in and potentially push to be a starter immediately and it also gives the Bills a lot of flexibility as far as, hey, like, you know, coming into this draft, we thought maybe they'd look to draft a tackle to push Spencer Brown. Well, maybe Ryan Bates is a guy that can kick outside and now, you know, be a Spencer Brown replacement if he's not playing up to standard. They brought back David Questenberry to also kind of be there as a safety blanket. Um, Ryan Bates all of a sudden becomes the most versatile lineman, I feel like, in the whole NFL guy that plays all three spots, Mitch Morse's deal is done next year. Maybe he's already going to be locked into being the center for this team going forward after that, who knows? Um, but I really just like the bills going after the best guy available. I don't know how he fell to bills so far, um, but you could just tell that he's hungry. He already loves the idea that he's going to be able to protect Josh Allen. Um, it seems like he's got a little bit of bite to his game too, that he likes to get physical, um, and I think it's going to be a really good fit. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if he performs well in training camp, if he's able to come out and earn a starting spot right away. Yeah, no, I agree. I I think he's definitely the most intriguing draft pick uh, the Bills made this weekend. Um, this draft, I definitely my favorite as well. He's um really talented beast on the line. And like you said, like he's one of those guys who's going to come in and immediately make a difference, whether that's if he starts, I don't know if there's starting potential for him, but if anything, he's going to create competition and that's what we need for this line. We need competition, whether it's in the interior 
the tackles anywhere. It's just going to push everyone to be better. And that's what's needed out of this offensive line. They've been an Achilles heel for this offense um, for too long now, right? You need some fresh meat. You need some um, new talent in there. Uh, and, and I think, again, whether it's in a, a, a backup role or just, you know, getting a chance to start and play some, you know, live downs, I think he can come in and make an immediate difference, right? Just going to push to make everybody better and kind of put everyone on notice that, hey, there's some young talent here, some fresh meat ready to to help and 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 protect Josh. So um, mechanics are, are solid, super, you know, really, really uh, great pick by Brandon Bean in, in the second round. So I'm excited to see him play and see what he can do and, you know, see kind of what that impact is of him being on the squad. Yeah, and similar to the first round, moving on to the third round, you know, Wide receivers went really quick in the first. The same could be said for linebackers going at the end of second and early third round. They were going off the board left and right like hotcakes. Um, the Bills end up taking one in the third round, Dorian Williams um, from Tulane. This is a kid that um, definitely he was a captain of a defense. If you watched him at all, um, I happened to one of the only two lane games I've ever watched. Uh, happened to be when he had, I believe, 16 or 17 tackles um, in a bowl game. Uh, he ran in the 4-4, four, 4-5 four, four, range, so he can fly around the field. Um, I do think that this was probably one of the most unique picks for the Bills, just because you did invest a third-rounder again last year in Terrell Bernard. This is a guy that's he's not really a typical middle linebacker. He's more of a Matt Milano guy. Um, so and Brandon Bean already had talked about it as far as he thinks he's gonna play outside for them. Um, and it seems like kind of Balin Spectre, Bernard, AJ Klein are gonna be battling it out for who's starting. But what I also think this tells you is that you're gonna be seeing a lot more of what we had been talking about uh, you know, the last few weeks and month ago when they originally signed Taylor Rapp, is maybe we're gonna see a lot more cornerbacks and stuff on the field. Because to me, if you really think Bernard's that guy or, you know, Williams can fit in, they would have picked a guy a lot higher. I don't know if it would have been this player. Um, you know, I still think he's a good asset to have. I feel like with the middle linebacking and then just linebacker room in general, the way it is, I feel like the more depth, the better as far as training camp goes um, to try to, you know, see what's going to happen. Um, but for some reason, it kind of just feels like the last three, four drafts, um, the Bills really have not gotten a lot of production um, out of their third round guys. And it seems like they're kind of just throwing those picks away, um, especially when you're in a Super Bowl window. I feel like you can't be doing that. I'm not saying that I don't think that this is a good you know, player and he doesn't have potential. Um, I just don't see where he kind of fits in right now. And I'm going to kind of have to wait to see until training camp and preseason to see what's going to shake out in the linebacking room. Cause right now outside of Milano, there's a lot of question marks of what they're going to be doing defensively. And if there are going to have more, um, you know, defensive players or defensive backs on the field. Yeah. The, I mean, <clears throat> Dorian Williams wasn't another kind of, I won't say unsettling, but it was an, an interesting draft pick. Um, when I, you know, when, when we heard it, it, um, He's definitely very fast and physical and um, can kind of bring that excitement and energy to the defense um, right at that next level. Um, it just 
it'll be interesting to see, like you mentioned, Nick, how is Sean McDermott going to, you know, bring him into this defense? What is this defense going to look like? There's so many question marks around the defense, especially with, uh, right, Leslie Frazier stepping away for the year, um, you know, the departure of Tremaine Edmonds. There's a lot of interesting holes and, and kind of question marks on this side of the ball. So um, you bring in a guy who seems, like I said, he seems to be very energetic, very physical, um, quick to the ball, not afraid to get his, put his body on the line, great hands, all of the you know attributes you want in a linebacker. It's just going to be interesting to see how does he fit into the squad? How does this defense look in the new season? Um, but – I mean, the intangibles are there. It looks like he is a great football player, which you can't be mad about. You can't be upset about. Uh, now it's on Sean McDermott and the defensive coaching staff to make it work and, and figure out how this is going to happen. Um, so he's, I mean, his his highlights are fun to watch. He's another one, right, you mentioned um, with Kincaid. I mean, he's another one who's got a fun highlight reel. So um, he definitely can play ball and, and is a dog. So we'll uh, we'll see how that translates uh, to the Bills' defense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no fourth round pick for the Bills moving up to get Kincaid. So I'm kind of just going to lump rounds five through seven here together, and we'll kind of just briefly talk about them. So Justin Shorter uh, from Florida, big physical wide receiver. Um, a lot of people are already saying that he has a decent chance of making the team just from the standpoint of he might be an elite special teams player. Um, he's not the greatest with route running, um, but he is big. He is physical. Um, and he already is coming in with a chip on his shoulder. He's talking about how he remembered all the players already that got drafted ahead of him. So he's coming in and he's going to be hungry to make this team. Uh, Nick Broker, the guard in the seventh round from Mississippi, um, kind of an intriguing pick. It's a guy that plays multiple positions. Um, it seems like he fell a lot farther than people thought, and he has some versatility. And at the very minimum, he might be able to develop into like a nice backup um, for this team. And again, as you mentioned before, the you know with this offensive line revolving injuries feels like all the time. Having a guy that maybe either makes your team or a practice squad guy that you can kind of develop um, is a great thing. And then Alex Austin, um, an or Oregon State cornerback, and you know the last round, good to get some more depth there. Um, obviously you have Kyrie Elam, uh, Dane Jackson, and Trey White. Who knows what they're going to be doing with Benford as far as are they going to keep him at corner? They're going to move him to safety. We'll see. Um, but this is a guy that he is a ball hawk. He doesn't have like the greatest speed, but he makes up for it with just his IQ, athleticism, um, and everything of that nature. Um. Of the three, I think I'm most excited about Shorter, um, just from the speed and physicality standpoint. Um, I feel like we could really use that, especially more in the red zone. And if he's able to really help us um, on special teams too, you know, it's still a big plus. I think people still always forget, especially when you're playing in Buffalo, that the weather is such a factor and field position is always super important. So if he can come in and be an impactful guy that way, um, I think it's going to be a good thing for the Bills. And feels like at worst case, um, these guys are all, you know, players that could have gone higher and most likely if they don't make the team will be guys they want to keep around, um, on their practice squad. Yeah. I, so right. The last three picks, I think were, were definitely, uh, designed for depth for special teams additions, which is mostly what those rounds are for anyway. Um, and, and I like the kind of selection of positions that they went with, right? Another receiver, 
we keep talking about it. Add in those weapons, add in that depth, add in anyone who can help the team out uh, in any way possible. You add in another lineman, exact same argument, add in the depth, add in the competition, make everybody better by doing this. And again, same for cornerback. The secondary, again, is another question mark that's on this defensive side. We don't know how that's going to look in the next coming years. If you can add any young, young, cheap talent, perfect. Love it. Um, I, I'm excited to see, again, Nick Broker, another lineman to add into the mix. This kid has a lot of great accolades, won a lot of awards um, in college. He's a four-star recruit coming out of a high out of high school. Never missed a game uh, in his years at Mississippi, which is pretty cool. Um, he's won, uh, I think, he won the Kent Hall Award at Mississippi. So he's uh, um, very kind of a decorated player, right? I don't think he's going to be a, a standout starter or anything right away. But again, a great depth player. For a part of the offense that has had trouble staying healthy and, and performing at a high level. So um, you bring in competition, you bring in a potential safety valve, um, and you can't go wrong with it. So I'm happy with it. I, I think those were the right positions to pick with those depth roles. And um, we'll, again, we'll, we'll see how that translates to the field once training camp starts. And I think the most exciting thing um, about the lineman that we picked that you just talked about broker is if you didn't catch it, uh, Jay Skursky, who's a great follow for uh, Bill's Twitter. He asked him about it in um, his opening presser. He plays every game with a Snickers wrapper in his sock because during an AAU basketball game, he scored 40 points. So now he just does that every single time, which is kind of just a unique thing and also just totally fits with like Bills and Bills Mafia fun fact brands. Um, Brandon Bean did talk about um, after this draft class that there are going to be some veterans that he's still going to try to go out um, and add, especially on the defensive line, you know, that was one thing he said. He wishes they could have maybe gotten a defensive tackle in the draft. They weren't able to do that. Um, there's still some good players out there. I'm a big fan of Puna Ford. Uh, had a really good year last year in Seattle. I'd love to bring him in. Um, there's still some good ad rush out there. Melvin Ingram, Yannick Ngakwe, um, players like that that could come in, help you right away, especially with, you don't know, it, granted, it's been great seeing Von Miller um, looks like he's in, you know, way ahead of schedule as far as getting back on the field, but um, I don't know how realistic it is he's going to be out there. Um, so to add more depth to the defensive line room, and then we're still kind of waiting on the DeAndre Hopkins thing. Um, I, you know, with Lamar Jackson signing, they're them getting Zay Flowers. I feel like it probably takes them maybe out of that camp. And if you listen to Pat McAfee show, knows Andrew always does. You know, Pac-Man Jones and his sources um, have always been linking the Bills and the Chiefs to him. Um, So it's going to be interesting. You know, the Bills added a lot of draft capital for next year. Is that something with some of those extra picks they can work a deal out, um, you know, with 12 personnel? It's an interesting fit because you're going to be taking away snaps probably from a Gabriel Davis and whatnot. But at the end of the day, you're here to win Super Bowls. It doesn't really matter about hurting people's feelings. And the fact of the matter is the Bills would be a better team if they got DeAndre Hopkins. Um, You know, Arizona seemed unwilling to move him during the draft. We'll see how uh, things go from here on out because I don't think he really wants to uh, 
to be there that much anymore, especially with them kind of going through a full-blown almost rebuild. Kyler Murray's out to start the year. Um, so we'll see what develops on that front. Um, but after this draft, I think there is a lot of pressure. Um, you already kind of mentioned earlier, Andrew, with Ken Dorsey as far as figuring it out and getting creative, but there's some pressure on Brandon Bean too. Like, I think him and Sean McDermott for the most part, and I think we kind of touched on this a few weeks ago, have gotten not a free pass, but they haven't gotten too much criticism because they have been able to go out, win us a lot of games. We've gotten within 13 seconds of going to a Super Bowl. We probably would have won. Um, we've gone through a lot of adversity as an organization between DeMar, um, Kim Pagula, the snowstorms, the top shooting, everything going on. Um, but the fact of the matter is that the last few drafts haven't necessarily been home runs for Brandon Bean. And when the Bills are in a Super Bowl window like they are right now, um, it's crucial for these first, second, third round guys. And then even, you know, the guys that you think are throwaways, you know, we saw Christian Benford play a lot for us last year. You've seen, you know, the Brock Purdy's of the world and whatever come in and make impacts. The Chiefs, Eagles both had guys, you know, in late rounds that were starting for them last year. You need to have these guys come in and make immediate impact. It's not a situation where, like, when we had John Brown and Cole Beasley, where if we would have drafted Dalton Kincaid then and then he turns out to be great three, four, five years down the line, it you know, the Bills don't really have that kind of time you know, if they develop and do bigger and better things as we're going, that's great. Um, but I do think there is a lot of pressure um, on being and Dorsey to really figure out this offense. Um, I think we'll be okay defensively once we get Vaughn back. I think Sean McDermott, his track record speaks for itself defensively, um, at least as far as the regular season goes. I know we have to figure some stuff out postseason-wise, um, but all the pieces are kind of there offensively you had mentioned earlier too we kind of fluttered down the late end of the year we really have to figure this out and I don't want to put all the pressure in the world on Dalton Kincaid but he's got to come in and make a pretty major impact for the Bills to probably get where they want to go and win a Super Bowl yeah I I don't think right Bean and McDermott are without criticism sure there are things that need to be better on both their standpoint uh, you know, where they stand and what they do for this organization. Um, I think, yeah, Bean has definitely missed on a few signings, a few draft picks, but he's also put together a really good team. He's He found our Lord and Savior, Josh Allen, right? Like he's brought in great players. He's He made the deal happen for digs. He just, like, there's a lot of good things that Bean has done. Um, Yeah, are there there moves that he's missed on? Absolutely. And of course, those are always going to feel bigger um, than the wins. Um, I think a lot of it, though, has to come down to Sean McDermott and the coaching staff. They have to get these players in the best position to win and to perform for you. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think it's necessarily all. That's the wrong players, it's the wrong moves, the wrong signings. I think, I just think Sean McDermott's got to do a better job of the little things, right? He preaches the little thing, get the little things right. Um, but, right, sometimes those are the things that go wrong for them, right? And it, it looks like a lack of um, accountability and, and being ready. Um, so I think this is a very important year for them. 
I don't think they're in the hot seat. I don't think they're going to get fired anytime soon. Um, and if they don't make the playoffs, definitely com- interesting conversations are going to have to be made, but I don't think that's going to happen. I just think this is a huge year and you have to, you have to get this right. You have to get everyone on board, everyone on the same page and just put your best product out every week. You, you've got a really incredibly talented roster, a top, I will say a top five talent roster, uh, talented roster in the league. It's just, you have to put the pieces together. Um, and, and that falls on McDermott. That falls on Ken Dorsey to, to get this right. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out um, with training camp. And, and again, getting these young guys up and running, getting second year players going and, and, you know, getting guys back from injury, trying to mesh everyone back together. So it's a big job. The way the season ended, all the injuries everyone has been dealing with, it's a tall task to get this team ready for September and for the first game. But um, it's got to get done, right? Like, yes, the clock is ticking. No matter what you say, like the answer of as long as we have Josh Allen, our window's open. Yes and no. I kind of hate that answer. I feel like it's a lazy answer. I definitely feel like the window's closing. The clock is ticking on this team if they want to make it all the way and win a Super Bowl. Their teams are doing anything they can to match you and beat you and get ahead of you. Um, so it's you have to strike while the iron's hot. Um, and, and I think this is a very, very like Super Bowl or bust kind of mindset season that they need to have. Um, and I think they know that, right? I mean, obviously, they know that they're professionals. They, they want to win. They have to win. Um and we'll see how this all plays out. But I think the right pieces are there. It's just, can they be used correctly? And it falls on McDermott and Dorsey to, to make that happen. Yeah. I mean, McDermott is a guy that I feel like is definitely the seats getting warm. I don't think he's on the hot seat, but you know, like you said, the little things sometimes seem to bite this team in the ass. Um, And it also gets to a point where, do you start turning into the Marvin Lewis's of the world where you're a great coach, but you know, you consistently come up short when the money's on the line in the big games in the playoffs. And like you mentioned before, Andrew, like everyone's trying to catch you. I mean, look at your division alone. The Packers officially get Aaron Rodgers. They the clearly J- got a lot better. Um, or excuse me, the jets. Um, and then the dolphins, you know, clearly got better in the offseason as well. Uh, Patriots, sure, they got better, something like that. Um, but, you know, McDermott has to really get this right. When Jordan Poyer signed his two-year deal, um, it kind of felt like that's that's the big window. Like, as far as you have two more years of – probably Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer commanding the back end of your defense with Trey White. Um, Elam's going to continue to develop. You have Matt Milano. Von Miller's continuing to get older, but obviously is still productive. Um, I feel like you can still get another two to three great years out of him. Um, same thing with Diggs, Allen, all those guys. Sure, the Bills have a chance to win a Super Bowl as long as Josh Allen's on the roster, and he will be for the foreseeable future. But um, after the next year or two, it seems like Yes, they have a chance because we have that guy, but um, it's not going to be as easy as it might be able to be these next couple of years um, with guys coming in and out. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree with your 
Super Bowl or mind or Super Bowl or boss type uh, mindset. So it'll be it's going to be interesting. At the end of the day, until we see the pads get on, we don't know what any of these rookies are going to be. We don't know how Taylor Rapp and you know McGovern and these other guys who we signed in the offseason um, are going to be. We still don't even know our full roster yet. By the time training camp starts at St. John Fisher and Josh Allen's scarfing down 10 turkey burgers at a sitting, you know, the Bills could have Huna Ford, Yannick Ngakwe, and DeAndre Hopkins on the roster. Like, we don't know. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, but draft time is always cool. Get invested in these guys because they're going to be here for a long time. Um, and I am excited to get back into some Bills football because uh, without them going on right now, the Sabres not being in the playoffs. Also, the Panthers pushing the Bruins to game seven, making me want to throw up of thinking about what Buffalo could have done if they got in. Um not too much going on elsewhere um, in Buffalo sports, except for the Buffalo Bandits. Um, you know, Andrew, you had talked about as we transition over to them. Uh, they had a lot of scenarios that could have happened um, as far as what they could have done, as far as getting just the one seed for their conference or, you know, where they could have been as far as home field and whatnot. But all things go their way. They get a big win. And uh, now they're the number one overall seed. Uh, so I feel like coming from a little over a week ago now, uh, probably feeling a little bit better in bandit land. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, they, uh, were able to beat up on Albany, um, this past weekend, uh, played really well, um, all around. Um, I think it was a nice kind of, uh, get that out of our system. You get to beat up on a not very good team. You win 16 to 10 in Albany, um, you know, Dane Smith was on fire. Josh Byrne was on fire. Um, the team looked really good. They started to gel. It was, it was a nice kind of get right game going into the playoffs. Um, you know, when the playoffs do start uh, coming up this Saturday, May 6th. Uh, so the Bandits will play Rochester in Buffalo. Uh, I will be at that game. Uh, so, it's, uh, uh, you know, the start of another, uh, you know, kind of fight to the finals and hopefully they can get over that hump and finally win uh, the NLL playoffs and, you know, win the win the championship. It's been a long time coming. Uh, they've gotten so close the last few years, which always seem to fall short. So I'm hoping, uh, right, they are getting hot at the right time. All those pieces can stay together. We can stay healthy. They can score a lot. Uh, you know, my favorite, Matt Vince, won't be too much of a liability. He can hang in for this team and, and come up big. Now, look, I will publicly say the way he played against Toronto was incredible. One of the best games I've seen him play. Um, did he let in a couple easy goals? Yes, but he was one of the reasons the Bandits were able to hang on and win that game um, a couple weekends ago. So, look, I will always give credit where credit is due. Uh, Matt Vince is a, you know, uh uh, a veteran in this league who does deserve some respect for sure. I'm not going to take that away from him. You've heard me rant and rave about his gameplay. Um, he is a, a, a staple goaltender in this league. He's been around for a long time. Just sometimes he just gets very lazy, lets up easy goals and, and becomes a liability. Uh, but sometimes he can turn it on like we've seen as of late. So let's hope that stays uh, throughout the playoffs 
Um, and uh, right, the bandits can finally lock this up. But they uh, they've got first place within the league. They've got home field advantage throughout the playoffs. So again, the playoffs have to go through uh, Bandit Land once again. So lots to be excited about. And again, it all kicks off um, for the Bandits on May six on Saturday, May fifth. The playoffs start. Uh, you've got Halifax and Toronto and then Colorado uh, and uh, um, oh, who are they playing? Seattle, I believe. Well, let me confirm that. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's a fun time. Gotta love uh, playoff or sorry, San Diego. Um, it's a fun time in the NLL um, when it comes to playoffs. There's some really great lacrosse going on. Weather's getting nice. Um, there's a push to kind of get these games going, get the season done, because the PLL will kick off here shortly uh, in June. Most of these players play for the PLL as well. So I know there's kind of that interesting back and forth of, all right, let's kind of get through this season so we can hop over and play PLL, which is where most of these guys make a good chunk of their money. They're not making that much in the NLL. So we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, but like I said, we uh, we start on Saturday against Rochester, uh, your you know crosstown rival uh, across the ninety. So should be an electric um, environment. Get your tickets if you haven't. You want to go, um, and uh, let's hope they get it done. Yeah, Dane Smith setting in his breaking his own single season um, assist record as well, ninety six. Yeah. Um. So congrats to him. But yeah, Bandit Land, get loud and go get your tickets. Go join Andrew at the game. Um, it'll be, a. hopefully they'll be able to get it done and start the trend for a great upcoming year for, uh, Bills, Sabres and Bandits, uh, for 2023-2024. But that's pretty much going to do it. Appreciate everyone for tuning in, uh, each and every week. Hopefully we'll be getting some more Bills for Agent stuff happening, um, over the course of the next few weeks. Uh, Sabres are kind of dying down right now. Not too much going on there. I'm sure we'll talk more about them once we see some of the players playing for their countries and whatnot coming up in tournaments. Um, And then we'll keep an eye, obviously, on the Bandits uh, as they have their playoff Mm -hmm. journey. But uh, appreciate everyone for tuning in. As always, give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Our link tree is in the bio on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's been the Buffalo Oil Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. What a connection, Allen and Diggs. No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills.